I knew someone that didn't go to a dentist for like 15 years because she was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what they're going to say. It's like, but you need to be diagnosed. You need to fix the problem. That's fair. It's all preventative. It's like, you shouldn't be afraid of the doctor. You should, you should tackle that head on. Cause if there's something wrong, you want to find out early. I just hate interacting with doctors. Like they usually act like I don't have a PhD, which I don't, but they, they just like, know that. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> they just, just like, look oh. at you. <laughs> they, they sniff me. And, oh, this guy doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Theoretical Nonsense, the Big Bang Theory watch-along podcast. No PhD required. We're the podcast that recaps all the episodes of the Big Bang Theory. No spoilers. So hop into your favorite spot, make yourself a grasshopper, and enjoy enjoy the the ride. ride. Hello there, Ryan. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing great because we just watched the Vardabedian Conundrum. For any new listeners or watchers out there, I'm Rob, and this is my co-host, Ryan. We are Theoretical Nonsense, the podcast that recaps, reviews, and deep dives facts from the Big Bang Theory, which we call IQ Points. I've seen the series multiple times, but this is Ryan's first time watching, so we do our best to do no spoilers. And Ryan has also been told that he has been similar to being a Sheldon. So we keep a tally point of how close Ryan is to being a Sheldon. How are we doing? We're doing a 48 points not like Sheldon, 44 points like Sheldon. And it's like the last two episodes really pushed me over the point because I was like Sheldon for quite a while. And now it's kind of shifted. And, you know, we're, we're going to keep going with it and see where it goes. But, yeah. I could see it like one episode could change things all around. Yeah, all it takes is one episode mm-hmm. and you'll get 20 more. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a roommate agreement? <laughs> yes, it's with my dog. I made her sign it. <laughs> <laughs> a little paw print. <laughs> yeah, a little paw print. <laughs> well, a little bit more housekeeping. Uh, fo- follow us on Instagram. We are at Theoretical Nonsense Pod. Check us out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Email us at theoreticalnonsensepod at gmail.com. And all this information is in our show notes as well. And if you give us a five star review, we'll give you a shout out. Speaking of five star reviews, we didn't get necessarily a review, but we did get another five star. So yay to us. But it doesn't show us who gave it. So we can't give we can just say shout out to the nice person who gave us five stars. A shout out to the nice person. You know who you are. Thank you. (laughs) And speaking of emails, we did get a few emails. So we'll go over those. We got a few nice ones and a Another nice one, too, but it was definitely a very constructive criticism, which we, yeah. re- again, we, we really appreciate. That's what we're trying to learn things and progress and evolve as we do this. So, yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, every little bit helps because we're new to the podcast world. So that kind of answers one of the emails from Jay Jordan. So he did say, or she, said that um, the title of the email was Love the Pod. 
So thank you. And they did have a disclaimer out there saying no need to read this out loud. But you know what? We are. Because it's nice and short. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's easy and to read. They asked, uh, were, you, were one of you guys on a Star Wars podcast? Either way, I'm enjoying the, this podcast. Keep up the good work. I'm still on 109 and without a PhD. Join the club. <laughs> I love that. It's becoming like the catchphrase for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No that should be our house tip. Our hashtag, a good podcast always has a hashtag. Hashtag yeah. no PhD. No PhD. <laughs> or I don't have a PhD. That might be too long. <laughs> no no PhD. Let's go with that. Yeah, hashtag like that. no PhD. No PhD. <laughs> Shit, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> I better write this down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hashtag no PhD. We're going to get and, some like uh, listeners who actually have PhDs and they're going to get really pissed off at us. <laughs> like, well, we're not good enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> These idiots. Why don't they know this information? <laughs> oh, because they're big dum-dums. <laughs> uh, did you want to read the, the next email? Sure. So this is from um, Rebecca again, following up on the brisket discussion. And uh, she says, hi. I'm all caught up, potentially waiting for the next podcast episode to drop, and um, should be dropping today, actually, uh, because we're recording this one, and it's going to go up in a couple weeks. It would be okay to share the recipe, so we might be getting that up online for everybody to see. I don't think it's a secret. Again, keep up the good work and giving me something new to listen to while I'm at work. I always learn something new, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. That was very nice of you, and we uh, are still looking at making that brisket sometime soon. Yeah, it's on my shopping list. I always keep a weekly shopping list. It's on there. I just haven't bought the ingredients yet. But once we, we'll have to coordinate. Yeah. And we'll p- post some pictures. I don't know if we, probably we won't eat it on air because I'm sure a lot of people don't like the eating sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I get hungry, I'll do what I need to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and our last email is from a, um, a nut. A previous emailer, Rick, uh, Rick sent us another email again. Constructive, cr- constructive criticism. He's caught up. Uh, he's at two hundred eight. Well, he should be listening to two hundred nine now. But we are ahead of the game right now. We, we we actually are recording ahead. And sorry, Rick, but this one's another long one. But you did say that it was okay if we don't read the whole thing. But he did give a lot of good good advice on how to advance our podcast. And one great takeaway is his idea of us building a spreadsheet of all the IQ points and sharing that link. So it's something that I started building. So thank you, Rick. I, I didn't think of that. I don't know why I do this all the time for work. I make spreadsheets and share them all the time, but I didn't even think <laughs> to do it th- here. I guess I'm just, it's because I don't have a PhD. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, but uh, we're tidying it up right now. I'm trying to add some timestamps, but I'll probably post it anyways. I'll send the link in the show notes for everyone. So everyone can look back and see what all the IQ points were in the past, just to see what what you're interested in. Um, Like I said, uh, we'll have to go back and doing timestamps on them. And it's funny that Rick brought this up because we literally just started doing timestamps on our newer episodes when he mentioned that. So... So we're, we're, we're kind of ahead of the game. That and uh, what we were talking about, another uh, thought he had was the discussion of how long the episode is and uh, working on weekly posts and doing a shorter episode every other week and then a full episode on 
uh, the watch along uh, every other week. So, you know, we're getting content out there more frequently and keeping episodes at a uh, lesser, shorter time. You know, um, I would say that I, I, part of the reason I think that I messed up on this is I know that our episodes are pretty lengthy compared to the actual episode of Big Bang Theory, but I listen to podcasts in like twice to three times the speed. And so that's usually makes it like an hour. And I'm like, oh, that's like the perfect time for going to work. But I know not everybody is used to like the little chipmunk voices uh, yelling or talking back and forth quickly. So I can I think that we are really discussing the idea of doing weekly posts and doing a shorter one and a longer one, depending on what we have going on in our lives and uh, whatnot. I'm a little different. I don't know. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but for me, I actually com- my commute is like five to ten minutes long. So I'm actually used to listening to all podcasts in five to ten minute increments. So starting and stopping a podcast isn't the biggest deal for me personally. That's why our long runtime doesn't really phase me. Like if one of my podcasts that I listened to was two and a half hour long, I would actually be like, sweet, <laughs> more content. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, I, yeah. with driving, my commute can range from 30 minutes to uh, the worst was, I believe one day it took me over three hours to get to work. And, just traffic? Yeah, traffic. And it's not like there was a big accident. It was just traffic. There were trains and I don't know, the infrastructure in my part of the world is uh, hasn't been planned out very well. So there's bottlenecking, there's... Uh, large companies dumping off one road into the middle of an interstate. It's, it's not good, but yeah, so I'm used to going for like 30 minute listens. And then sometimes I listen to multiple podcasts in the same ride. So you never know. Yeah. I actually don't like podcasts that are too short because then I feel like I don't want to have to stop in the middle of my drive to like look for another podcast. So that's why I always have to create like a playlist, like a, a next up in line. Because yeah. on Apple Podcasts, you could actually say like, oh, play this next, play this one next, or play this one last, or, and then shuffle it around however you want. But one faulty click, and it wipes everything away. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> and if you accidentally play something, it just wipes away you, your entire list. Bums me out. But that's why I don't really make that long of a playlist. I just like do like two or three ahead. Mm. I think usually when I get to the end of a podcast or like a book I'm listening to, I usually just sit the rest of the ride in silence thinking about what I've listened to. So I could see if it was 10 minutes. Yeah, that would be a problem. Or if it was like a really, really short podcast. I instantly switch over to something. I don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't do the silence. Rob's like, fuck the thinking. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to know what's going on in here. <laughs> That's bad news bears right there. <laughs> I need to occupy. I'm a millennial, damn it. I need, I need to be occupied. <laughs> well, those were the emails. Thanks again for everything. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um... I know it might not be the favorite thing, uh, but I do have a neighbor a neighbor update. Neighbor update. So for any new listeners out there, um, something kind of true crime-ish crazy happened to me. If you want to hear the whole original story of what happened to me, go back and listen to episode 22, which was season two, episode four, The Griffin Equivalency. But for anybody that has been following along, I, I did look into it a little bit more. I decided to Google like, what happened like 
because I didn't, I haven't really heard anything. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, well, what's going on? So here it is. So if you don't like, if you don't want this, go ahead and just skip ahead. But um, at this stage, it's actually turning into a self-defense trial now. Oh. Yeah. And that it kind of, again, explains why. And, like, these are some of the details of why she didn't have bail. Well, I, I cross-checked this between a couple articles just to make sure that it was, like, the same, like, story and everything like that. But um, as of now, a little, like, recap of what happened. Um, there was a girlfriend and a boyfriend. The girlfriend ended up killing her boyfriend. He didn't die in in the unit itself, but he died on the way to the hospital. So there was like this big story of like what happened and everything, but we found out what happened and here's what the article said. So around like what 12 midnight or something like that, they were in bed and apparently they got into a big argument when the boyfriend saw the girlfriend's phone, he must've read some sort of text that he didn't like. And he actually just started hitting her. At least that's how the story goes with her that he kept hitting her and then so she actually grabbed her gun from her purse and she shot him but when the police arrived he was found at the bottom of the stairs with five bullet wounds there was two in the arm one in the thigh and two in the back so five times total and there was a blood trail from the bedroom all the way down to the stairs and the police found five bullet casings in the corner of the master bedroom so that's five, five wounds and five bullets. So that's kind of suspicious right there that it's like all five hit. But they were all in the bedroom. So it wasn't like she followed him and kept shooting. Yeah, that's where all the casings were. So yeah. she must have started shooting him and he must have been trying to run. Mm-hmm. So when the police arrived, the girlfriend did have a contusion to her left eye and injuries to her wrist and hand which she claims was when she was avoiding the attacks from the boyfriend. And they also confirmed that the firearm in question belonged to the girlfriend, that she, she that the bullets belonged to her, it was her gun, and she w- was owner of it. But then they also found a second firearm under the bed. Oh, no. Yeah. So as of now, it's being pursued as a self-defense case. But the thing that's kind of like, questioning it is the two gunshots in the back like he was trying to run away which i know in a lot of states like there's like stand your ground laws and everything like that but like there are certain states that are just like the self-defense is very different in very in different states yes huh and i was gonna say that like arguing his character isn't gonna be difficult because wasn't he wanted like didn't he have like five warrants and that's the thing too like he had nine war i think it was nine nine (laughs) warrants out for his arrest and again if you're first time listening to this we do an update every episode not every episode has an update but one thing that i remember was that i've never seen his face until mm. I saw him in the news, I'd never seen his face because I always thought it was kind of weird. Like it almost was like he was avoiding the public. Yeah. And that was something that I kind of noticed. So I was like, huh, I've never actually seen his face or just like, I, I've always just kind of seen him passing by. I've always just kind of seen like the back of his head or something like that. And then I noticed he, when he would park his car in the garage, he would close it before even getting out of the car. So it was one of those things like he was trying to stay hidden. And then I found out that he had a bunch of warrants out for his arrest. That would be a good reason to stay hidden. 
Yeah, so I'm in a good neighborhood. <laughs> it feels, it feels yeah. safe. Very safe. Everybody has a gun here. <laughs> and everybody feels loved and there's compassion. <laughs> so much love. <laughs> but yeah, I'll keep everybody updated on the trial. Fair. But that's my update for, for now. I was kind of shocked to to read that. Because at this point, everything was just rumors at the point. Because I was talking to my neighbors about it. And they're like, well, I heard this. Well, I heard that. And it's like, yeah. well, what's true then? He said, she said type stuff. Yeah. Mm. But that's my updates. And yeah, I think we can move on into the episode. Unless that's you had anything update. else. Nope, I think we're good to move on. Yeah, we're keeping this episode tidy. This yeah. one's dedicated to Rick. We got you, dude. It's all for you. Yep. <laughs> all right. So, overall thoughts of this episode. You know, we are talking Vardabadian conundrum. I I don't think I liked it as much as last episode, but it was still a fun, strong episode. I felt like Stephanie really was a great addition to the cast. I felt like uh, Leonard's responses to what he was put up against. I thought they were funny and yeah, I liked it overall. I thought it was a strong addition to season two. Okay. I did not like this one. (laughs) Really? I really didn't. Um, This was a one and done watch. I watched it and I was like, man, didn't like this one because I remembered it too. And I feel like they did Stephanie dirty. Uh... I feel like there was really honestly no good reason for them to break up. Like, I know they were moving fast, but all it took was a, co- a straight conversation. And Leonard's so-called friends were not supportive at all. And that was something that was like, man, like Raj and Howard have this, like, they're, they were just very jealous. You can tell that they were just jealous that he had a girlfriend and they were almost trying to sabotage him. Like I just like that. Yeah, like, like, it was mostly Howard and Raj just kind of went along with it. And then Penny, too. She was kind of just like, I know she can't, she was more on his side, like you should get what you want in the relationship. But Stephanie was not offensive in this. Like she wasn't like a bad girlfriend. They're just moving a little fast. And like, that was really it. (laughs) I really saw Penny as uh, being pretty supportive and uh, really, you know, I agree that Raj and Howard were jealous, but Penny seemed level headed. I appreciated her advice. Uh, but, you know, I, I could see some some setting up a lot. You know, the notion is that she wasn't exactly saying Stephanie was being bad. It was more just that, you know, relationships are confusing and you deserve to say what you want. And, you know, being in that position before, I have felt like, wait, I get to say what I want in the relationship. I should just be happy to be in a relationship. So I did like her advice just from that perspective. Yeah, it was really good advice, but um, there was a part of me that's like, huh, is this stemming out of jealousy? But at the same time, it wasn't that apparent. Yeah. And not to like foreshadow too much into the future. But I'll sprinkle that to you. Sprinkle, (laughs) foreshadow that, sprinkle song. it, It didn't end with a very sure conclusion of if they broke up or not so i wasn't sure if we're gonna see stephanie again you just want me to tell you <laughs> no spoilers all right no wait, spoilers <laughs> <laughs> but then i also noticed it, it just didn't seem like anybody really 
helped nurture the relationship or they didn't really feel that supportive now that you kind of mention it penny maybe a little bit but then sheldon was only self-interested he only wanted his relation he only wanted leonard's relationship to succeed because he wanted to use stephanie and now we understand why he wanted to use her i was gonna say that last time he he showed a lot of support but he was doing it for selfish reasons he wanted a medical officer in their lighting party. <laughs> yeah, the party needs a medical officer. And he's literally using her as the medical officer. <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. But anyways, yeah. Didn't like it, but... That's fair. More, I, <laughs> more on that later. Are fair. I, uh, yeah. I also only found four IQ points. So this Me could too. this actually could be a quick one. Yeah. So for anybody out there that thinks two and a half hours is too long, <laughs> you're in for this well. episode's for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to speak too soon. <laughs> All right. So we are talking season two, episode 10, The Vardabedian Conundrum, aired December 8th, 2008, written by Chuck Lorre, Bill Prady, and teleplay by Richard Rossenstock, directed by Mark Sandrowski. Opening scene, uh, we see Stephanie examining examining Sheldon while Leonard is watching TV. Stephanie is sure she doesn't see anything, but Sheldon is constantly hearing an annoying sound. And we find out that Sheldon is obviously a bit of a hypochondriac. He thinks there is inflammation in his ears, and he thinks it's a tumor. And this was a laugh out loud moment leonard gets in his head that there's a lingering bacterial infection from all the childhood toilet swirlies all the swirlies (laughs) sheldon's like oh my god is can that happen (laughs) i I was gonna say that part of this episode i think i feel like i could have had more uh sheldon points but most of it was devoted to him being a hypochondriac and although i'm a germaphobe i'm not really a hypochondriac like if i get sick i'm sick and that happens it's more about the prevention, the OCD of uh, keeping clean and rigorous standards of uh, washing my hands. But, you know, if I get an ear infection, I get an ear infection. I'm not too keen on diagnosing it immediately or whatever. But I, I did appreciate Stephanie's playing along very, very nicely. She's like, OK, I'll look, you know, and yeah, it's I'll Leonard on the other hand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anything, it should be her. That's like, bro, I just got off work. <laughs> right. Making that's what I would expect. Because I thought that there might be like some sort of like, um, because I remember seeing this in Scrubs. I, so I never, I, I actually did not look into this. I probably should have like, like, because doctors really aren't supposed to diagnose outside of the environment. Yeah. So she really shouldn't be like examining him. And you know, that reminded me of last week. Something I forgot to say was she went and gave uh, Leonard stitches, right? Yeah. But she had done it after an evening of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's probably not. That's uh, a very good point. <laughs> even uh, maybe it was just one glass of wine, but still, I would probably be having somebody else stitch him. Up. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I wonder if, like, loved ones are supposed to, are allowed to operate on their significant other. Because even if she was sober, it's like, well, that's her boyfriend. Is she allowed to? That's true. Or would she even want to? Like, as not that there's like some sort of like business interaction or conflict of interest or anything like that, but it's. It could potentially be emotional or psychological. Yeah. She she could fuck it up even more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or she could do the best stitching she ever had. (laughs) 
one or the other. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no Shel- in between. Sheldon did like her work, and he there you go. Well, this leads into our first IQ point about the toilet swirlies. So, oh, so mine was tinnitus. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that go, go hand in hand with, with this scene? Your IQ yeah, point? Well, uh. well, just talking about the noises in the ear is tinnitus. So oh, okay. I talked about, or I looked up what could be causing it or why it's caused. Oh, do you want to go first? No, okay, I can go first. I, I want to hear about the okay. swirlies. Tell me about the swirlies. Okay. <laughs> well, the first IQ point that we found is: Can you get bacterial infections from toilet swirlies, and can it lie dormant? So I found that this information on health.howstuffworks.com and healthyliving.com. Here are the bacterial germs you could get from making contact with a toilet or just the toilet seat. So disclaimer, all these things, if you're a hypochondriac or a germaphobe or anything like that, all these things are very rare to get, but you could get them. These are the bacteria that live in within toilets. So I couldn't find anything specifically with like the water and everything because I think it all just uh-huh. kind of goes hand in hand. Everything is basically like within the toilet. Yeah. So the first thing is uh, you can get E. coli and that could cause cause diarrhea, which can sometimes be bloody. Uh, it leads to ab- abdominal cramping and vomiting. You could also get, sh- God, I'm gonna, I didn't look up how, how to pronounce this, Shigella. Shigella. Yeah. <laughs> Shigellosis causes infectious, severe diarrhea, abdominal, abdominal cramping, and other gastrointestinal distress that may last for about a week. Although some, t- some types, such as dysentery, are known to be nasty enough to cause a- epidemics. And while the bacteria are most infectious during the diarrhea phase of the condition, they remain w- willing and able to infect you for weeks after their host. So it can, so that one can be dormant, but not years dormant. Mm. So, and then there's streptococcus. And which is basically strep throat or bronchitis. Uh, It could also cause skin infections on, on on the minor side. It's just a rash, but on the extreme size, it could lead to um, necrotizing fasciitis, which is flesh eating bacteria. Oh no. So, (laughs) and then it could lead to a staph infection or influenza, which is the common cold or salmonella which can cause diarrhea and severe vomiting. So those are the things that you can get from a, from a dirty toilet. So if you stick your head in a toilet or ingest the water or anything like that, it could lead to all one, if not all of those things. And then I looked into if these can remain dormant in you for years, because this happened to Sheldon while he was in high school, which was years and years ago. Yeah. So I found this on medicaldaily.com. There are some bacterial diseases that can lie dormant in your body and can attack you years later, but none of the bacteria we just discussed are on that list. So if you get swirlied, chances are you're safe. You'll probably get some diarrhea, maybe a flesh eating bacteria, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but again, all those things are very rare. And you're going to know it's happening pretty quickly after. Yeah. 
So I did look into what bacterial diseases actually can lie dormant for multiple years. Yeah. So those are called the sleeper agent pathogens. And those are varicella zoster, which is chickenpox. It could come back as shingles. Measles, again, can come back as subacute. Dang, that's a long word. <laughs> Sclerosing pana. Panacephalitis. <laughs> I'm just going to mumble that last part. <laughs> it is a thing, though. <laughs> uh, anthrax can be reactivated once it's inside the warm, moist body of a host. My- that sounds sexual. <laughs> <laughs> nice, warm body. <laughs> I'm going to reactivate when I'm in there. <laughs> what? Mycobacterium tuberculosis can also lie dormant for, for can lie dormant for years and according to the world the world health organization one out of one third of the world's population is estimated to be infected with tuberculosis but show no symptoms and about wow. 5 to 10% of those individuals will develop tuberculosis years after initial infection i didn't know that but I guess it's like when you uh, go to work like with kids or something or certain jobs, they give you a TB test just to make sure because you might not be showing signs. Yeah. So. So those are the sleeper agent pathogens. So. So rest assured, if you just got swirlied, you'll get some diarrhea. Or some flesh eaten off of you. Yeah. That, one that, the that's other. the one that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I got. What? So, um, I went with tinnitus. The notion is that ringing in your ears or sound in your ears, it's not just ringing, is called tinnitus. And I got this from mayoclinic.org. And I I deal with tinnitus here and there. But what I found interesting was there's different kinds of it. It's not just ringing. We think of it as the high-pitched squealing like Sheldon was talking about. According to Mayo Clinic, 15 to 20% of people have it. It's usually from an underlying cause, age, uh, hearing loss with age or hearing damage with age, injury of different sorts and circulatory issues. And that's kind of like a big one that we don't even think about that. If your circulation's too much, high blood pressure or the blood vessels in your ears are, you know, from best I can say wonky, uh, frail, frigid, or small, or what's the word, bent or something. From the sounds of it, that can cause problems in your ears. So I found that other causes include Maynard's disease, which is the disease where fluid fills up something. fluid. Oh, fluid pressure in your ear. That's what it is. There's one called, hey, I'm going to mispronounce this, Estesia tube disorder where your ear tube remains expanded at all times. So the little tube that goes like from your outer ear to inner ear, I guess. Ear bone changes, muscle spasms, TMJ disorder. Basically when you uh, have disorders where you're clenching your jaw all the time or grinding your teeth to some extent. Head or neck tumors, which was what Sheldon was worried about, having a tumor that was pressing down or causing some irritation. Blood vessel disorders, that was the one that 
I get this and it's something weird that these can come and go or maybe you stop paying attention or realizing they're there. But sometimes it's like a high pitched squealing, but sometimes I can hear the blood pumping in my ears. And they say if this continues that you want to get it checked out because it could mean a high blood pressure, which could be an indicator of heart attack or stroke or some other issue. So potentially if this continues, you might want to get it checked out. There's also other chronic conditions. Anemia, I believe, was one of them that can uh, influence tinnitus. But really, Mayo Clinic's said that the only time you really need to worry about seeing a doctor is if it comes on after uh, upper respiratory infection, that the infection could be lingering or causing other problems. If you are experiencing complete hearing loss or dizziness with the tinnitus, or if you're experiencing anxiety or depression because of it or leading towards it, I don't didn't really say which one's causing which, but Basically, when it starts interfering with your life or it's not going away, you want to go see a doctor. And I think that's because, yeah, it could be a sign of a bigger disorder. Most likely not, but could be. And also, you know, I didn't say anything about this, but you always hear about those cases of people having like spiders in their ears. And so if it's not stopping, you might have a couple spiders in there. and You want to get those pulled out as soon as possible. So. That's what I learned about tinnitus. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get that checked out. Turns out my heart's fine, but my ear is a breeding ground for spiders. (laughs) (laughs) It's a spider layer in there. (laughs) Well, Stephanie decides to dick around with Sheldon and give him a cootie shot, which until this episode came out, I've never heard of a cootie shot. Did you grow up with that in your playground? Oh, yeah. We maybe it was just my area. Like I just I've never heard of a cootie shot until this, which was uh, confusing to me because her stance on it is what I realized was a typical actual like kids version of cootie shots. Uh, circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you have your cootie shot. Did you know that there was a follow up to to that? No, I don't think so. I found this on MamaLisa.com. I guess this is. I don't know if this is an IQ point. I don't know if this is worth calling an IQ point. But <laughs> I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I was very short on IQ points, so I just called this IQ point was where, where this kind of comes from. Uh, rewinding back, it was Sheldon saying that that wasn't the proper way to administer a cootie yeah, shot. a cootie shot. And I, according to smithsonianmag.com, it, you're supposed to do it by the click of a pen, the back of a pen. Is that how, how you've done it? Is that correct? Because I couldn't find it anywhere else. No, I I don't remember it ever being with the back of a pen. I remember fingers. But that's what she did, and Sheldon said that it was the yeah. Wrong that's way what kind of confused me is that either I uh, he was talking about that's not actual medicine or like being very literal with it, or he had a different version. Which case, uh, maybe I don't it's know the pen version. The pen version. It's the back of the pen that clicks. So a clicky pen, and then you're clicking in. T- to the person in that shape so as you're saying it you're kind of clicking down on them almost like you're giving like a shot oh like it's an injection i could see that yeah so that's kind of what according to smithsonianmag.com i tried looking i tried hunting around other sources for it but it just kind of brought up the history of cooties does it actually prevent cooties (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Obviously it does. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. It helps keep those sleeper cells away. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping booty cells. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I said, there is a follow-up according to mamalisa.com. It's circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you've got a cootie shot. Circle, circle, square, square. I don't have them anywhere. I've never heard that part. Unless Mama Lisa just made it up. Made it up. They made it up for the clicks and the views. Yep. God damn. <laughs> 10 million views. What the hell? All we had to do was make up a second part to a cootie shot. Well, we're going to make up a part three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, triangle, triangle. Uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself, cooties. <laughs> That's what I had on cootie shots. <laughs> um, well, Sheldon is upset that not only he is being mocked, but like I said, she administered the cootie shot wrong <laughs> because apparently she needed a pen. And then he brings up the roommate agreement. So he brings up Article 1, Section 3, the calling of an emergency meeting. And Sheldon has all the power in the agreement and overrules Le- Leonard's vote to push it off. So first thing Sheldon does is congratulate Leonard on his relationship. Then he announces the activation of the the cohabitation rider now that Stephanie is living with him. And then this starts the denial from Leonard. The whole episode, is she or is she not living? Yep. I I really thought it was funny when they brought up the question, like, why would uh, Leonard sign this contract? And his response was, I never thought this would happen. (laughs) Well, to foreshadow a little bit, like the roommate agreement does come up a lot. Oh, Um, God, I'm blanking. If this is the, I know that they brought it up before, but I think this is the first time where he has it physical, where he has like a physical copy of it, but he did mention it before in like season one somewhere. Yeah. So then the question is, why would anybody sign this roommate agreements? How bad does he want to live with Sheldon or in that apartment? You'll find out at some point. Oh, they're actually going <laughs> to see. I figured he just signed it to get Sheldon to shut up. Like, whatever. Because <laughs> Leonard does that. He's kind of passive sometimes. He uh, is very passive. And so he I guess people, realize yeah. just what he's signing away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here is a quote from the agreement. So it says, a girlfriend shall be deemed, quote, living with, unquote, Leonard when she has stayed over, A, 10 consecutive nights, or B, more than nine nights in three in a three-week period, or C, all the weekends of a given month plus three weeknights. And again, he's like, that's absurd. But he signed it. See? LH, LH, LH. <laughs> I like that. He's like, uh, your signature's right here, 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 and here. <laughs> When I was younger, uh, my, my brother used to take advantage of me with contracts. <laughs> really? <laughs> Being a younger brother had its hardships. <laughs> Especially when I my brother wasn't like a Sheldon or anything like that, but he was yeah. one of those kids that was like very smart. Like he was definitely like, like he was taught like 
he like skipped grades and things like that. And like he went uh-huh. to like on like a sort of special bus to a different school to do math in middle school. He was one of those middle schoolers that went to high school to do math and stuff like that. He went to Xavier's Institute, right? Yes, he did. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he was all this time. <laughs> thought he teleported around somehow. <laughs> I, knew, I knew he had special powers. <laughs> <laughs> but he used to like write contracts for me and like and dumb old me just like, okay, that seems like a good deal. <laughs> I was gonna say if he um followed up with like and if you don't sign it i'm gonna hit you <laughs> like that, that's not how contracts work but <laughs> no he was actually a lo- little bit more uh sinister than that <laughs> oh. <laughs> he knew how to work me <laughs> <laughs> and stupid me that's why i don't have a phd i never <laughs> i was destined I to not have a PhD. i wouldn't get one <laughs> <laughs> all right well anyways uh <laughs> see he yeah he initialed it because he never thought it would happen and he also initialed another clause naming sheldon his sidekick in the event that he got superpowers and i (laughs) love that because sheldon has a nice little smile like yes you did yes you did (laughs) i like that sheldon would be okay with being a sidekick too like it it works yeah (laughs) just as long as he's part of it (laughs) yeah just want to be part of it i'm in the team Well, now Sheldon goes over the new rules with their new roommate. So the first thing is refrigerator space, which I thought was very accommodating. Yeah, I did too. I was surprised that uh, Sheldon wasn't like, we're just going to take her space out of your space. and I'm going to maintain my space. I feel like in reality, that's what most people would do. Like if we were roommates and your girlfriend moved in, I'd be like, nah, you guys want to share space. You you figure it out, Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) He seemed, he was very welcoming to having a new roommate. Yeah. Most people get petty and is like, is she going to start paying rent? (laughs) Is she going to start paying for the utilities? Utilities, electricity and water ain't cheap. But yeah, it's kind of shocking. (laughs) I guess Sheldon is very bound by his own rules. So it's Mm. like, so even if he thought to like, maybe he'll amend that in the future. But since he wrote it, it's like, well, I signed it too, so here we go. <laughs> Gotta follow it. If it's yeah. on the paper, it's on the paper. <laughs> uh, next thing that he brought up was the new vacuum schedule, which is actually a really good idea because more people equals more dirt. And then the bathroom schedule that they have to go over in depth because women have different needs. You know, I I, I, I stand by a bathroom schedule, not because women have different needs, but because I want my bathroom time and I don't want people knocking on the door doing my bathroom time. And I, I take a lot of bathroom time. I, I like, I like skincare. I like hair care. I like my toilet time. I like my shower time. Um, and I hear that I take more time getting ready than most women. I've heard this from multiple roommates, um, multiple female roommates. And I just, want to know that i have this time allotted to the bathroom that's my time i will figure it out and then i will be out of there for somebody else to use it but i don't want somebody pounding on the door saying get out it's my turn until my time is up so how okay so you're going on a date how long is it how long does it take you including the shower yes everything so like shower picking out your your wardrobe your hair care your you gotta comb your beard five minutes that's it pretty typical 45 minutes to an hour that's not that doesn't seem that bad it's you know 
I, I never is my wife just bad. the crazy one? <laughs> she just I didn't think it was that bad. She takes about she takes on average about two hours. Everybody's like, uh, Ryan, you take way too long. You take longer. I'm like, I don't think I do, but I think for, for, from from a male perspective, I would say it's definitely a lot longer. I think that, that's probably a big well, part of it is that people are used to men not I mean, taking that long. So when but including a shower, even I'm like a half hour. Yeah. So it's like, so it's not that much different. Maybe if I switch down to like a three in one shampoo, conditioner, and body wash, mm, Pert Plus. I, yeah, get this. Well, down a to like three in one. What do you need to add inside of the Pert Plus to, to make it that third? <laughs> you added second shampoo into the Pert Plus, so twice the shampoo power, one conditioner power. <laughs> Boom! New business say, I'm right there. Sure, all you have to do is draw a three on it. It counts as all three. <laughs> yeah, sure, it can wash. Yeah. It can wash it. <laughs> it's also a body wash too. Hey. <laughs> And you can brush your teeth with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our new bit business idea. <laughs> Look forward to our um, <laughs> our sponsors <laughs> and our commercials. <laughs> the shampoo that can brush teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Wash your junk, brush your teeth. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> In that order, not that order, up to you. We don't ask questions. <laughs> Follow your heart. <laughs> That's our product name. <laughs> Follow your heart. <laughs> well, Sheldon gives Leonard a copy of the roommate agreement for Stephanie to sign. And then <laughs> the look on Leonard's face and he just takes it and leaves. Yeah, he starts to argue at first. He's like, uh, <laughs> and just leaves. All right. So now opening credits. And now we're in the, the kitchen. And Sheldon is asking Leonard if Stephanie can give him a prostate exam. And he wonders if it's a new symptom or if this is still... Oh, sorry. Um, I, wa- I was wondering if this is a new symptom or if this is related to his ringing ears. I was like, why is he asking for more stuff? That's... You know, I figured it was a new symptom or just like an overall wanting to be assured that everything was okay all at once. And even if they weren't interconnected. Yeah. But I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. So then Sheldon um, enters Stephanie and Sheldon asks her if Leonard satisfied her sexually. <laughs> Don't know if <laughs> anyone's ever asked you that. <laughs> but I, then... I think I've been asked that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's been times, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, again, this is Sheldon not understanding so- social cues. And he doesn't understand because he heard Leonard ask several times. And Stephanie, being the good sport that she is, says that he did very nicely. See, I appreciated that response. She could have been offended or mad, but she's like, he did very nicely. Yeah, so uh, she's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. And then enter Penny. And Stephanie is shocked that a woman enters their apartment so freely in her underwear. Which and wasn't technically it. underwear. It was like shorts and a... Yeah, <laughs> those were like pajama type yeah, it was stuff. Like, yeah. I get a point for being like Penny here. You just barge into people's places in your underwear? If I need coffee, I will do what I have to do. <laughs> I don't even drink a lot of coffee, but that first cup in the morning, like, it gets me started. And I will, my brain's not functioning until I have that, like, first cup of coffee. And if I have to go over to the neighbor's house in my underwear. I will do that. Have you done that? <laughs> um, uh, 
We're all friends here. You can tell me the truth. <laughs> Not in my current domicile, uh, but I believe in the past I, I have done some sketchy stuff. Uh, hotels. I've done it at hotels. Like, I've gone down to the kiosk, like, uh, in my boxers and a t-shirt, and like, I need coffee. I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm staying here. You just give me the coffee. Yeah. So, I am um, paying for my time here. Have <laughs> coffee. Need coffee. I will go in my underwear. <laughs> Well, Leonard is a deer in the headlights and assures Stephanie that they didn't sleep together. And I like Sheldon, not from the lack of trying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he just throws that in there nonchalantly. (laughs) And then Leonard tries to diffuse the situation by telling Stephanie that that's the culture of the apartment complex and that he'll go have cereal with Mrs. Vardabedian, which is the name of the episode. That's where the name comes from. Yep. And Sheldon is shocked and wonders why he's never gotten an invite. This um, actually, I, I, I give a point here of being like Sheldon. Because even if I understood Leonard made that up, I would still wonder like, wait, does she hate me? Why don't I get to have cereal with her? Like it would be eating at the back of my head. <laughs> like why Why doesn't she why, come down? Like, what, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? To not be invited to cereal with Mrs. Vardabedium. Vardabedium? Vardabedium? Vardabedium. Bedium. Bedien. Sorry. Vardabedian. I haven't spelled like three different ways in this journal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. V. <laughs> Mrs. V. Want some cereal? <laughs> I wonder what kind of cereal he has with her. <laughs> I know he's making it up. But... <laughs> but it makes... It's what... a brand day. It's always a brand day with Mrs. V. <laughs> Extra brand. <laughs> if Leonard's here, ugh, I'm going to need big brand. <laughs> well, I do like um, how Le- Leonard just says, she she doesn't like you. And then he she quickly just like directs his, his attention over to Stephanie to get her out the door. Yeah. It's like, don't you have a gallbladder to remove? I have to shower and Penny has clothes to put on. (laughs) And all in all, I thought that Stephanie handled that very well. She did. You know, I I could, I could understand her being a little uh, concerned. I mean, if the roles were reversed and some guy in his uh, boxer briefs or whitey tidies walked into Stephanie's apartment, Leonard would be like, what's up? (laughs) What's going on here? Hello person in your underwear. Why are you here? Why did you just enter? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) why why do you exist? (laughs) I know. It's like, we we don't really think about that as an audience because we're so used to Penny just coming and going that we almost live in that apartment too. And she's our friend. So it's a lot more innocent, but from an outside personality and know that it doesn't mean anything. It's just that that's kind of what they do. Yeah, but from I could definitely see from an outside perspective being like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Why didn't you say something? <laughs> oh, it never, it never brought got brought up in conversation. I guess <laughs> it didn't happen organically. <laughs> and then Penny comments to Leonard, "Oh, so that's Stephanie." And I like this. <laughs> Leonard's like, "Why do I feel like I got the prostate exam?" <laughs> Yeah, I like that line. I feel like I got the process exam. And Sheldon calls out that Stephanie has been great and that she's proving to be a valuable roommate. 
And then he describes it as that they're living together like a bunch of hippies. Yeah. (laughs) Leonard is in denial and Penny needs to shed some light on the situation. They go to his room and she points out all the items that Stephanie left at his place. I like that uh, Penny mentions that Leonard would be the last one to know. He's like, I I think I would know if uh, she was living with me. No, you'd be the last to know. No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's a dress, scented candles, fuzzy slippers, floral bedsheets, a picture of her family. (laughs) Disney World. (laughs) and it's like how did she bring all this stuff over and what was like go i wonder what was going on in stephanie's mind i wonder if that's how she treated all her boyfriends and everything like i'm just gonna bring like i'm spending all my time here anyways because it's a very it takes a lot of forethought to like i'm gonna pack a family picture and bring yeah bringing over a dress and hanging it over there bringing over like fuzzy slippers and stuff like that, a toothbrush and stuff like that. That's pretty normal. But then your own sudden, bed sheets. That's kind of what got me. Unless they wait. Yeah. I guess she would have brought it because like he would have noticed it if they bought it together. Cause you I would think I yeah. was thinking like, maybe they just went shopping and they bought it together. Maybe she pointed it out. I was like, Oh, that's cute. We should get this. And they was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, but maybe she brought it and just changed out the sheets. <laughs> That, that that's what i was thinking but because he didn't act like oh no we bought those together those are mine it was kind of like how'd those get there yeah. <laughs> well after all this leonard is still in denial until he notices that his bat signal is gone <laughs> you have a bat signal i used to <laughs> <laughs> so i did an iq point on living together all right. Like, how do you know when you're ready to, when you should do it? Um, and I found a website, psychcentral.com. And a few things that I found on there are a quote from Dr. Brenda Wada, uh, who says that on average, I thought this was interesting, on average, same-sex couples date for about six months before they start living together. Whereas other couples date for about two years before living together. So on average, that's the time span if you're uh, before that. And I think they're definitely before that in this episode. But that's typically how long it takes for some of these uh, requirements to be met or considerations. They also mention it's not when you should start living together, but why. And you should start living together if you're on the same, same level with cleaning. You're on the same understanding of having alone time. You're on the same level of communication, same level with finances, uh, schedules, and your future of the relationship. Uh, Also, living space setup. That's a big one. But also one interesting thing is you should really know about and have a healthy understanding of mental issues before you move in together. And the notion is if they have OCD, ADHD, anxiety, depression, these can all influence living together very significantly to the point where you need to kind of have a system set up. And again, that communication plays in there to make sure that you're able to discuss what's going on and handle it. Because if somebody does come down with severe depression or, you know, with ADHD and chores, it might not work out like you expect it to before you move in. So some questions to ask yourself before you decide you're ready to move in. And I think this is fair that usually 
to answer these, it does take two years, about two years, uh, at least for other, you know, couples, I guess. So, one, make sure you're used to each other. And I feel like this is bodily habits, like farting in front of each other or burping. Like, if you can't do that, then it's probably going to be painful to live with each other to some extent. Making sure you're comfortable talking about finances. Making sure that you have a chore game plan set up and that you know what each person's going to do and are able to handle those chores. Making sure you have clear boundaries. Making sure, do you have healthy arguing standards or abilities? You know, your neighbors, I think, was unhealthy. Very. Very, <laughs> okay. You know, I might be going out on a limb here. Uh, <laughs> I'm no doctor. I'm no I'm therapist. Not, I'm I have say... no PhD, but I'm going to say that sounds unhealthy to me. It's a little on the unhealthy side. <laughs> Making sure that you can be yourself around the other person, that you're not attempting to be someone that you're not. And again, feeling excited about where the future is going. And that you're not feeling rushed or forced into this, that it's an exciting step into the relationship. So I think some things here that they don't really have that clear communication set up. I feel like they have, well, Sheldon's definitely getting that chore, chore game plan set up. So that's great. Two to three times a week vacuuming. But Leonard's not feeling excited. He feels some anxiety and he doesn't feel like he can be himself exactly. So you know, partially they haven't been dating for two years. Partially, I just don't think they're ready for that situation yet. Yeah, um, I definitely think that he wasn't ready for it. But I feel like, again, it's it's like what you said. It's having like that clear conversation. Mm-hmm. It's I, I associate it with like a term um, just um, establishing boundaries. Yeah. And that's like a huge thing. And that's something that, that I see as an outside perspective to a lot of people. Even when like a child from college moves back into their family's home, yeah. things change throughout like in their time away. So now it's about setting clear expectations and boundaries of like what is expected out of, out of this living situation. What like, can be moved or taken away. You know, if somebody comes in your bedroom and moves something like that, that's kind of a violation, even if it's your parents. Yeah. Oh. Like the, the chore thing, the money situation, like how they're going to handle food and everything. Like who is going to cook? Who is going to clean? Who is going to take out the trash and everything? I think it's just kind of understanding that. And I think having that conversation is very important ju- just mm-hmm. for the next stage in a relationship. Yeah. And I recommend, like, therapy might be extreme, but definitely before you get married or before you propose, have a couple's therapy session. To make sure you're on the same field, same level, and, right, you know, also being prepared if you do have issues, you kind of know where to get help, what what to expect, and be set up for success. And a side thing, um, I know this has nothing to do with um, the episode, but... One thing that I just thought of as we were talking is like, explain how you argue. And I noticed that's like a huge thing that nobody ever talks about. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do you argue? When you get into a fight with someone, what do you do? Do you fight or do you flight? Do you need to take a time out in the middle? Do you just want to like list out it, like just establishing that? Yeah. So again, you it's just things a, until they build up and explode or yeah. do you, uh, 
talk things out from yeah i just been noticing that i've been watching a lot of love is blind which we kind of talked about a lot of reality <laughs> shows and a lot of like stuff like that where i'm just noticing this kind of thing and i remember my wife and i kind of had to have that conversation before we got married too it was like oh well what is because i've noticed in our relationship when we get into an argument you do this and i do that that's what i've been noticing and i don't like when this happens and things mm-hmm. like that. So we had to have that conversation before we took the next step. Just so we knew the, expe- again, knowing the expectations, you don't want to be surprised. Yeah. Like what Leonard was. <laughs> I have, a, <laughs> I guess I have a roommate. <laughs> where'd my bat signal go? <laughs> I wonder where, where she put it. That could have been the, the, the offensive thing that they slipped in was that she like was slowly getting rid of his stuff. Ah. Again, I was upset because I don't find the speed of a relationship an offensive thing just to break up. But then again, maybe she called it, maybe her prediction just came true, which we'll get into later in the episode, how she lined out a scenario of what's going to happen when they have the talk and if she is to move out, in quote, um, that they're just going to start basically fading out out of each other's lives. Mm Mm-hmm. And she'll pretend not to be hurt, but she's dying inside. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I feel like it was a I I wish they made her I, I'm torn because I really like her as a character because of the way that she was written, but it just didn't make sense for them to break not break up, but like, well, I'm trying to not spoil this. <laughs> I feel, gonna, well, we but I feel like I just fucked that up. <laughs> she's not a permanent character, so we know something's going to happen if That's this a, is what it was. But. Yeah. But I just wish that they writ, wrote in something a little bit more offensive. That would make sense. And, you know, getting rid of his stuff and trying to make him less dorky or something. Yeah, it, it slow. Like, like changing your outfit. That's just any relationship. That's not... My wife dressed me all the She took you shopping and dressed you. <laughs> and she got some nice clothes for me, I do say. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... <laughs> but more on that later. <laughs> more on that later. All right. Back to the episode. <laughs> um, so now we're at the university cafeteria, and Leonard joins Raj and Howard, and he can't stop scratching himself. <laughs> because he got new pants that is a blend of wool and fire ant. <laughs> It's very aggressive. <laughs> and again, like I said, um, this is where I was getting the most annoyed because the guys are just not happy for, for Leonard. And I feel like any friend should just be happy for them, that they're with someone and that they're happily in that relationship. But they're super judgy. And of course, it stems from jealousy. Yeah. And Leonard, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I like that, you know, Howard's pointing out like, oh, you're tied down. You can't hit on anybody. I could go hit on that girl. And Leonard's like, then why don't you? And he goes, nah, not my type. And it's like this notion that being single is somehow like this wonderful buffet of dating people. But at the end of the day, it, it's, it's not. Right? It's really not. It's, it's not a buffet of, it's not a smorgasbord of plenty of fish. It is a buffet of potential. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's like, these are not for sure things. Mm -hmm. Girls aren't just going to say yes the moment you ask them out. And it's still a lot of work. Like, even if they do say yes, like it, it, I don't know. Dating gets uh, very stressful for me. It's, uh, you know, 
making sure you don't say dumb things. Like if I'm Sheldon, I say dumb things, uh, making sure you take them to the right place, making sure, you know, you handle things appropriately. You figure out the paying situation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's if they say yes, if they say no, then it's just the emotional of like, oh, okay. Like, uh, am I unattractive? Am I undesirable? Right. Um, uh, all these things that start to add up and my, you know, something to be said about being tied down. Somebody who cares about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great feeling. Yeah. All right. Well, now we move to the next scene. We're at the hospital and Stephanie runs into Sheldon and apparently he is running tests on himself and he had to sneak past security t- to get in there. Turns out that Sheldon got his medical equipment when he was for, for his 12th birthday. His Aunt Marion thought it would, if he failed at theoretical physics, he should have a trade to fall back on. This is a backup plan. <laughs> yeah, so burn on all the doctors out there. <laughs> Sheldon gets condescending with Stephanie that she called the blood pressure cuff, that she called it a blood pressure cuff and not a sphygomomen shit. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't yeah. even pronounce that. So. <laughs> Sp- I, I, I'm like staring at it too. I was like, oh, <laughs> sound it out. Spike, Spike, Mom, All right, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. <laughs> we, we can't pronounce yeah. it. <laughs> We're just a bunch of dummies. <laughs> Hashtag no PhD. No. <laughs> Sad face. <laughs> Well, he then asked her for the authorization for official tests. He would like a cardiac st- a cardiac stress test, a full body MRI, a electromyogram, a CBC, baseline glucose, an upper GI, and a, an exploratory la- labroscopy. Lots Hefty of things. List. <laughs> Hefty, Hefty list. list. And honestly, as not being in the medical field or not really watching a lot of medical shows or anything like that, I didn't know what most of these things did or what they tested for. So that's the next IQ point. Wonderful. Any doctor, any doctors out there, feel free to look at the timestamps and just skip this. <laughs> or <laughs> send we are not going to pronounce anything right. <laughs> I know. This is probably going to hurt your soul right now. <laughs> So this is the next IQ point. What do all of these things test for? So knowing Sheldon, I would imagine this is a very well-rounded assortment of tests to kind of check everything. And it kind of was. So a cardiac stress test, also known as a cardiac exercise test, is used to measure the heart's response to physical exertion in a controlled environment. It's useful to diagnose coronary artery disease, which is a condition that is often missed when a person is at rest. It can also help identify if there are any other heart diseases. I was going to say this, uh, this test is the one where um, Homer Simpson's on the treadmill and yes. <laughs> they're like, are you testing for this? No, I just thought he could use some weight loss or some exercise. Oh, is that the Mulder and Scully? Yeah. <laughs> like, the it's mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Next up is a full-body MRI, which stands for Magnetic Resonance Imaging. It's a medical imaging technique that uses a a magnetic field and computer-generated radio waves to create detailed images of the organs and tissues in your body. 
MRI is a non-invasive way for, for your doctor to examine your organs, tissues, and skeletal system. It produces high-resolution images of the inside of the body that help diagnose a variety of problems. An MRI is the most frequently used imaging test of the brain and spinal cord. It's often performed to help diagnose aneurysms of cerebral vessels, disorders of the eye and inner ear, multiple sclerosis, spinal cord disorders, stroke, tumors, or brain injury from trauma. Next up, electromyogram. Also known as EMG, is a diagnostic procedure to assess the health of muscles and the nerve cells that control them, or motor neurons. EMG results can reveal nerve dysfunction, muscle dysfunction, or problems with nerve-to-muscle signal transmission. Your doctor may order an EMG if you have signs or symptoms that may indicate a nerve or muscle disorder. Such symptoms may include tingling, numbness, muscle weakness, muscle pain or cramping, or certain types of limb pain. Next up, he wanted a baseline glucose, which is just a blood test that mainly screens diabetes. Mm. Then there, he wanted a CBC, which stands for complete blood count. A complete blood count is a blood test. It helps healthcare providers detect a range of disorders and conditions. It also checks your blood for signs of medication side effects. Providers use this test to screen for diseases and and adjust treatments. You may need a CBC if you have symptoms such as bruising or bleeding, fatigue, dizziness, or weakness, fever, nausea, and vomiting, inflammation, swelling, and irritation somewhere in the body, joint pain, problems with the heart or blood pressure. And your provider may order a CBC to detect abnormalities in your blood that may be signs of disease, diagnose or monitor many different disorders, conditions, and infections, evaluate your overall health, rule out conditions, disorders, and disease, or monitor various blood diseases. So lots of reasons to get a CBC. I think I've had one of those. And I'm like listening to this. I'm like, this sounds familiar. I think I've gone through one of those. But usually when I'm at the doctor, they're just like, we're going to do this year. I'm like, okay, get it done with. I wonder if it's all the blood, like all the blood tests. Cause I get blood tests like all the time. Yeah. There's uh, a while that I was, um, every time I went to the doctor, I had high blood pressure and they're really worried for about it for a while. So I went in, they did quite a few more tests, and it turned out that what they diagnosed it as white coat syndrome. Basically, I get stressed out going to the doctor, and by getting stressed out, it pushes my blood pressure up. So it seemed like I always had high blood pressure when, in fact, it was just the circumstances where I was getting my blood pressure taken was causing me to have the high blood pressure. Oh, my God. You're that nervous to see a doctor? (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Oh. I love seeing the doctor. I've never understood people who didn't want to see doctors because it's like, well, I'm afraid of what they're going to find out. Like I knew someone that didn't go to a dentist for like 15 years because she was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what they're going to say. It's like, 
but you need to be diagnosed. You need to fix the problem. That's fair. It's all preventative. It's like you shouldn't be afraid of the doctor. You should you should tackle that head on because if there's something wrong, you want to find out early. I just hate interacting with doctors like they usually act like I don't have a PhD, which I don't. But they, they just like, know that. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> they just, just like, look oh. at you. <laughs> they, they sniff me. And, oh, this guy doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're, they're often condescending. They often don't listen to me or I have to really fight for them to hear what I'm saying. Um, and I'm not saying all doctors are all this way, but enough have been through my life. And I had had to look for doctors who actually care um, that it's become a pain. Like, you know, there are so many doctors who just like, why are you here? Well, you have a cold. I'm like, well, I've had the cold for three weeks. So I was a little worried. And they're like, no, take some medicine. What type? Hot water and honey. I'm like, uh, Okay. Uh, <laughs> or know. do you mean Heine? Heine. <laughs> I, need, I need some hot water and Heine. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I for just me, hate dealing with that. <sighs> for me, it's the mystery of what your insurance covers. Oh, yeah. That's a fun game. <laughs> I did, did I tell you that I went to an ENT a little while because I snore? So oh, I, yeah, you did I mention snore that. pretty badly. And my wife, I, it's bad enough where I've gotten kicked out of the bedroom before just because it's like so loud so there were times where she thought that i wasn't breathing so she mm. wanted me to go to an ent so i did a sleep test i did all these things and everything like that no one talked about how much it would cost no they they did they just kind of threw it at me and just pushed me along and then i got the bill and i was like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> Like all this, and like I got this huge bill just for the follow up for the doctor to explain, like, <sighs> for like the explanation of what it, like, what happened. Like, okay, yeah. this is what happened. This is what it means. These are the next steps. Basically, he read off a paragraph and he charged uh -huh. me like a thousand bucks. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I could have read that my paragraph myself. I could have Googled that. <laughs> You invited me back here. <laughs> I didn't set this appointment up. What 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 did they used to call it? That's uh become something they can't do now. Pre-existing conditions. That used to be my big thing. Is that I'm like, well, whatever I do, I can just assume that insurance is going to say it's pre-existing condition. And I didn't realize till years later that you can actually you were able to fight that and take it to like a legal setting and saying, okay, this wasn't pre-existing. I had to go to the doctor because something was going on and the doctor recommended and said it wasn't pre-existing. But yeah, I really, I, I always thought that if insurance said something, it was like, that was final. Um, but it's the biggest scam to say pre-existing. They just labeled like everything I ever went to the doctor for. They're like pre-existing. I'm like, did you even look at this? Like I, I need antibiotics because I have an infection. Well, the infection's pre-existing. Like, those weren't sleeper cells. <laughs> I didn't have those for years. They didn't hey, exist. who has the PhD? You <laughs> are the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Can't question him or her. <laughs> Actually, Ryan, your doctor doesn't have a PhD. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I going to him? <laughs> That's just Jim. He's the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he had a great bedside manner. Yeah. 
A lot of touching, Jim. A lot of touching. <laughs> it's like in Scrubs, the doctor who always tells them to take their pants off. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of Scrubs, like all these tests, but uh, what we need was like a doctor toilet, right? <laughs> it's all in the poo. You can tell yeah, everything all, that's wrong with the poo. All in the poo. <laughs> all right, well, next up, we have upper GI, which stands for upper gastrointestinal is a group of x-ray tests that look at your GI tract, which is your food pipe, your the esophagus, then the stomach, and the first part of your small intestine. And while so they're working... this in your food pipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sometimes called a UGI for short. So an upper GI series can show an ulcer, a hiatal hernia, cancer or other gross like tumors enlarged blood vessels narrow pathways scars or other issues with your gastrointestinal tissues blockages and doctors use a ugi to learn why your gut isn't working right you may have this test if you have symptoms like overly burping which i have been doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, if that's all soda water. <laughs> um, trouble or pain with swallowing, heartburn, upset stomach, and throwing up or belly pain. Muted just in time. Speaking of which. <laughs> and then Sheldon also, um, I did a little bit of research on the barium on this because uh, he, Sheldon did specifically that, said that he wanted this, the the upper GI, because he already drank the barium. Did we uh, talk about this in another episode? For some reason, I was having deja vu. I'm like, I, I know what barium is, and why do I know what it is? Did we? Actually, let me know. <laughs> you know what? This is why we have the list. Yep. Thanks, Rick. We have that list because of you. Well, no, I've always had that list. I've just... Uh, He's I've never just shared it, it with me, though. I've just... <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> it's Rob's special list. Nobody gets to see the list. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look it up. I don't think I ever asked to see it, though. So. <laughs> All right, run a search. No? No? Uh, I um, ran I don't the search for I, barium. I, and no. Why I have this knowledge? I maybe dreamt it. Yeah, we want to search all sheets. Maybe it came through. Maybe I learned it at school Find. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Well, I did not know what barium was, so I looked into it. Go for it. I, I probably don't know what it is. Maybe I made it up. Like It's a type of candy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you eat candy before the doctor. This yeah. is what lures you into the back of the van. That's, they, and that's where Jim touches you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, barium is a a chemical element when mixed with water can be seen in x-rays. So doctors can check the structure and function of your throat, esophagus, and stomach. Generally, it seems like you're supposed to drink this right before the x-ray, though. So doctors can actually see the flow of the liquid go through your body. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, Sheldon drank it early. (laughs) Maybe just to see, like, the shape of the organs. Maybe that's what he was more concerned about getting a head start yeah 
But normally, based off the research that I found, you're supposed to drink it with the doctor right before the x-ray. Because you're supposed to see the flow of it through your intestines and see the actual operation of it. Well, anyways, the last thing that he wanted to test for was an exploratory laparoscopy. A laparoscopy is a surgical diagnostic procedure used to examine the organs inside the abdomen, as well as other closed spaces, such as the knees. It's a low-risk, minimally invasive procedure that requires only small incisions. This procedure is used to identify and diagnose the source of pelvic or abdominal pain. Yeah, that's right. That's what he's searching for. So it seems like it's kind of a little bit of everything. That's a this is kind of a full spectrum test that he's hoping to get checked up on. Yeah. yeah. Which honestly, like as again, as the audience member, you're supposed to look at Sheldon like the fuck is wrong with this guy? What yeah. what a weirdo. What a psycho and everything like that. But this is actually things that people should be doing on a regular basis. Some you should you really should go see your doctor. You really should have a body scan. You really should be checking for these things because a lot of things you don't know until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, like that's what happens with a lot of cancers. But none of them are covered by insurance. So there you go. There it is. <laughs> fucking, fucking America, right? <laughs> Why we need a doctor on our team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I did uh, kind of a follow-up to these because his last, one of his last things is that he said he feels like his hiccups are just going through the motions. Yeah. And so I, I did a little research into hiccups, and I thought it was weird that he says they're just going through the motions because that would mean that he's not really having bad hiccups. But the reason you would go to the doctor is if you're having bad hiccups. Like, it's good not to have the hiccups. And so what I found, and I I thought this was interesting because I have for the longest time assumed that no one really knew what causes hiccups, but mayoclinic.org defines them as uncontrolled spasms of the diaphragm and says that you should see a doctor if they've persisted for 48 hours or more, or if they're causing trouble eating, sleeping, or breathing. And I, I have definitely had them where they hurt so much where I can't sleep or eat. Um... I never went to the doctor for them because I don't think insurance would have covered that or it's pre-existing. You've always had hiccups. So uh, it's pre-existing. Anyways, the notion was or notion. The causes include nerve damage, central, central nervous system disorders, metabolic issues, drug or alcohol problems, nerve irritation, including tumors, uh, hairs in your ear, if they're tickling a part of your ear, they can cause a sensation that can activate hiccups, I guess. Stomach acid buildup, I'm guessing backup, uh, like acid reflux, which I have, sore throats. But it really came down to what I was seeing was a irritation of the nerve that goes from the brain to the diaphragm. And if you have anything interfering with that, it it almost sounds like it tickles it or causes irritation. And that causes the spasms. Uh, Again, there's kind of these underlying causes, but why it happens, I guess I didn't really find out. Like, it's not like preventing you from getting, 
I don't know. Like, uh, I guess one time I heard that like evolved with us from being fish and that helps us get air out. Of, like if we have too much air or something, but nothing on that on uh, no evidence, but really seems pretty harmless. Could be signs of other issues, other disorders or nerve damage. And usually by treating those other disorders, you will lessen the hiccups. But again, if, uh, you're experiencing them for a long time or they're really painful or causing problems in other facets of life, you probably want to go see a doctor because there might be other, it's probably another issue. It's not just like a random thing. I've never known hiccups to lead or be a sign of like a major medical issue. I always thought it was like, just as like what you said, it's like when your diaphragm is just out of, out of like its line. Because mm-hmm. your diaphragm is used to open up the airway from your throat to, to allow air to get in. Yeah. So when it's dislodged, that's what kind of causes that, that little hiccup because air is kind of forcing its way in and out. And from what I'm understanding, that it's more to do with the nerve uh, nerves mm-hmm. controlling it than the actual diaphragm itself. But it's interesting that you mentioned the ear thing because one of the... F- without fail it's never failed me something that my grandma taught me um if you ever have hiccups what you do is you plug your ears and you drink a full glass of water and it gets rid of your hiccups i've been doing that since i was a child and without a fail it's always worked who gives you the water either a friend or a straw (laughs) oh the straw yeah that makes sense (laughs) but my mom used to have to hold it for me (laughs) but without fail so catherine this one's for you love you (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so if you next time you have hiccups try that and let me know if it works but it has to be the full glass of water you can't stop it's not just like sips like plug your ears and take sips you have to chug the whole glass of water interesting plug your ears glass of water hope you have the straw or or <laughs> or that your girl's around <laughs> yeah or my dog uh Belden, can you hold this glass please <laughs> <laughs> that's the best dog ever <laughs> bell you're spilling it everywhere <laughs> what, do <I> <laughs> what do i pay you for <laughs> so now we're in the we're now we're in the laundry room and Leonard is doing his laundry and Penny shows up. Great timing. He needs a fabric softener and he dumps the remaining bottle of fabric softener into, into the wash and Penny tries to warn him that it'll ruin it. And I do like this, that he just shut, sh- shuts it, turns on. Oh no, we, I wish you told me sooner. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah, oops. <laughs> And then Penny instantly knows that there's problems in the relationship. But before we get into that, I did an IQ point on how you're supposed to wash wool. Because, you know, how do you take care of it? I throw it in with everything else, and if it makes it out, it's okay. If not, well... Honestly, I do the same thing. I have a bunch of wool sweaters. I do the same thing, but I do it on delicate. Ah, But... For anybody that wants to take super, super good care of your wool, I found this on mollymade.com. So only wash wool when necessary. If you can, just do spot cleans by blotting with water and mild soap. If you can, wash by hand, since it's much gentler, or dry clean, but that gets a little expensive. To hand wash, 
Fill a basin with tepid water and use a bit of delicate wool detergent, such as woolite. Submerge and swish. Do not rub or leave soaking for more than 10 minutes. Rinse well. Do not wring. Press or squeeze instead. Then roll the garment in a dry towel to remove excess moisture. Do not hang. Lay items flat on a fresh towel or a mesh rack that does not get direct sunlight. Carefully adjust the garment as it dries to ensure it's evenly stretched while drying. Holy shit. Who's going to do that? (laughs) Seriously. I have never seen anybody take these precautions. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I've never done that with my wool sweaters. I'm just throwing it in. I'll air dry it, but I definitely don't like hang it or anything i'll definitely just kind of lay it out but it's like yeah, yeah it'll dry i guess i could use wool light in the future <laughs> that, that's a, that's an easy step yeah <laughs> i don't even do that i have wool light but i don't use it i use it on my wife's like very like she has like some scarves and everything like that that uh, she wants to keep nice and everything but we still wash it in the, in the washer on delicate yeah. like i mentioned this on an earlier episode that i have these um laundry bags where you mm. put your delicates inside of the bag so it's gentler as it moves around in the wash. But if you want to machine wash this, like what Le- what Leonard should have done, yeah, is he should have turned his clothes inside out, wash on delicate cycle, or if your washer is fancy enough, there might be a hand wash cycle. Use cold water and wool light and add an extra rinse extra rinse cycle. And don't, again, don't put it in the dryer. Lay it on a flat surface with a fresh towel or mesh rack. And no sunlight, apparently. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's how you take, that's how he should have taken care of his wool. If he cared about Stephanie's relationship at all. Apparently he didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I said, Penny instantly equates this to relationship problems. And again, I was watching this as like, dude, there's no fucking problem. Chill chill out, man. There's no problem. Why are you like overreacting? Yeah. Over this. And this is where Penny is a good friend, as you mentioned. Like she's just being supportive. She she's more in she, of course she doesn't know Stephanie, so she doesn't really care about Stephanie's feelings. It's more about like Leonard, you're my friend and I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And then you could tell that Leonard is in turmoil just because of the fast pace of the relationship. And as we talked about in a previous episode, his relationship history, that this is like light years fast and like compared where, them, yeah. yeah, compare like, this is probably the, the, that's what I'm looking for. It's like the most, um, progressive, but, uh, it's the healthiest relationship that he's been in. <laughs> well, she's not in North Korea, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. She's not a booty call, so it's not Leslie. Yeah. And then he only had a few hours with Penny. And now he's on to Stephanie. Yeah. Where it's the most serious relationship that he's ever been in. That's the one. Serious. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was looking That's for. a hard word. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag no PhD. <laughs> And like I was saying before, it's like I wanted more. I wanted Stephanie to do something more offensive to warrant this kind of reaction to the relationship. You know, by all means, I think it's it could be fair, but I do see Leonard kind of as the dick here that he can't speak up or that he did let this happen 
before he said he had a problem. And it's okay if he has a problem, but you know, you speak up and say, Oh, I'm not quite okay with this. I, I have boundaries that I need to figure out. Um, and I like Penny's position that that that's, that's totally fair in any relationship. Uh, it takes two and not one, one person doesn't get to decide at all. And if you're stepping back and letting the person do everything without saying anything, then that's kind of on you. You need to learn to communicate. Well, the thing that I was wondering as I was watching this is what if no one said anything? What if Sheldon didn't bring up the roommate agreement? Ooh, none of this would the dominoes wouldn't have fallen. He could potentially still be in the relationship because he didn't notice anything was wrong because to him, nothing was wrong. It wasn't until it was pointed out that he started freaking out. Yeah. Interesting. Bad friends. Bad friends. Bad friends. But I do have one point for being like Leonard here. Because I think I mentioned this earlier uh, when she goes, you know, uh, your it, your feelings are just as important as hers. And he goes, that doesn't sound right. I, yep. I totally see. Me, <laughs> I, I understand where he's coming from when he says that. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's like, you're you're allowed to speak up. I don't okay. think so. I don't think that still doesn't sound. No. Yeah. <laughs> feelings matter too. <laughs> okay. Well, Leonard gets brave and says he's going to talk to her. But then it's kind of funny that he keeps going back t- to ask Penny. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you just talk to her for me? <laughs> I, like, I like Penny. He's like, you're kidding, right? And he's very honest. He's like, no, but that's okay. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Please come with me. <laughs> well, now we're back at the apartment and Stephanie is inspecting Sheldon and, and is having some fun with it she's looking at his throat and says that his larynx is terribly inflamed and that he needs to stop speaking immediately and she and then leonard enters and she says that she performed a sheldonectomy she's so smart and i swear this is another reason why she was a keeper (laughs) (laughs) she knows how to work sheldon she doesn't get annoyed by him she just knows how to play him and everything and it works long term too, right? Like, it, yeah, like it goes until just... like the end of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they have to have the talk. The talk. Leonard tries to tell her what he's feeling. He tells her that they're moving too fast, but she just wants some of that ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then he makes a really cringy, lame joke about like, "Oh, I just ate. Are we allowed to have sex right now? Don't you have to wait thirty minutes?" That was a pretty shitty joke. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) shitty. I I, I liked it ending with her saying, well, let me tell you how I feel. And she leans in and whispers, right now. (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) I wonder if this means Leonard's actually good in bed. Oh, not according to Leslie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Speed of light Leonard. (laughs) That's fair. Unless Leslie was the practice, because sometimes if you haven't gone in a while, or if you haven't made love in a long time you could finish pretty quickly and and i i I stand by that it takes two to tango that if somebody's really bad in bed then it's probably because both parties are not doing things or matching up correctly i trying to blame everything like ah he was just shitting in bed or she was really bad in bed like 
it, probably you were doing something to instigate that as well. And so poor chemistry, sense. chemistry. Yeah. Um, in communication, if you feel comfortable talking and like opening up about stuff like bed will be better. But if you're not talking at all and you just expect them to do everything, it's going to be shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now we're back in the laundry room and Leonard runs into Penny again and the pants are <laughs> ruined. Good. And she asks him what happened with Stephanie. They start talking and that they started talking, but then they changed the subject and then it kind of just she she realizes that they did it. I like that you had sex. Yeah. <laughs> and then she looks at her watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, weren't you just down here? Like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Speed of light, Leonard. <laughs> and then she put pushes forward into going into um helping him out and everything and saying, dude, you need to talk to her, you need to like sort this out and everything like that. And again. I was mad because it's like, dude, just she's right. You need to just have the talk. Yeah. Just, just have an open and honest conversation. I feel like this is, I feel like the actress Sarah Rue only signed on for three episodes. So they're just like, well, we have to write her out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I no, she comes back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, they I... could still be together, and like it could be an off relationship. Relationship. It's <laughs> kind of uh... like uh, Niles and his wife, right? Yeah. On Frasier, where yep. you never see her. <laughs> Maris. Maris. <laughs> well, he's afraid that if he speaks up, she'll dump him. But that's kind of being in a in a grown up relationship. Mm-hmm. And I like this, that he he needs some advice from Penny on how to do this. So she asks him, well, what have women done in the past? Said, what have the women in your past said when they want to slow down? And his response, I really like you, but I want to see how things go with Mark. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciated that response. (laughs) I really like you, but I want to see how things go with Mark. So now we're in the bedroom. And Leonard and Stephanie. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Leonard and Stephanie just had sex. They just finished. And Leonard, again, tries to bring up the talk. But then Stephanie just kind of freaks out and runs a classic relationship scenario about how they're going to, like, have some distance. They're going to see each other here and there. But then it's going to fade away. And she just starts crying and Leonard chickens out. I, and, I, I like that slippery slope of events. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're going to pretend you're having issues with your voicemail and I'll pretend I'll be okay, but I'm dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think she's probably been through this before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this has happened before, probably multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they're back at the university cafeteria and Leonard meets up with Raj and Howard. But this time he's wearing a bird sweater. Look like and Twitter. <laughs> it kind of did. <laughs> and this this was actually around the time of the episode of Portlandia. Did you ever watch Portlandia? I've seen some of the episodes. Oh, uh, it was one of the earlier episodes. It was put a bird on it. Did I don't do, remember do, do, that do one? Remember that? It's so good. <laughs> put a bird on it. <laughs> it's what Port- Portlandians do. Put, put, put a bird put a bird I, on it i, I got this the, mug put a bird on it 
we can pickle that. <laughs> yes. We, we can pickle that. <laughs> First few seasons of that show was so good. And then it got weird. It got weird. It got really weird. <laughs> but anyways, I kind of like that sweater. I don't know if it's just looking from the outside in or just because of like Portlandia and stuff like that. But like, I think it's the silhouette of the bird that makes it look cool. And I think it would have been a lot cringier or a lot worse or a lot tackier if it was like a real bird. Oh, yeah. Like one of those shirts you get from the zoo where it's like ultra realistic. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that would have been like, (laughs) dude, what what are you wearing? (laughs) And Leonard's like, but the bird is the fun part of the sweater. (laughs) They're also getting new curtains, a dust ruffle and a duvet. Not sure what a duvet is, but if he did, he's pretty sure he wouldn't want one. I did not keep cool. point on duvets. Yeah, I love du- duvets. I, I, I think most people know what they were, but are. But um, I, I start off with um, a quote from Fight Club, where um, oh, I mess up characters named Brad Pitt's character is speaking. He goes, "Do you know what a duvet is?" A blanket. It's just a blanket. Then why do guys like you and I know what a duvet is? Is it essential to our survival in the hunter-gatherer sense of the word? No. What are we then? We're consumers. We're byproducts of a lifestyle obsession. So in this case, Notion is discussing that a duvet is really nothing more than a blanket. It's a type of blanket. Um, that was the cover, though. It's not the blanket... It's so, the, it's it's the little, blanket. I guess you could use it as a blanket. Yeah, the, the cover is the duvet cover. The oh. duvet is the, as the Casper.com, actual... Casper Mattresses defines it, quilted blanket with filling and protected with an interchangeable cover. Unlike comforters, a duvet is has a unique pillow-like structure that helps trap heat without weighing you down. So it's kind of the, usually it's the one that's kind of like sewn into squares with little bits of filling uh, down or whatnot to uh, prevent it all collapsing in at one position to kind of help it stay even. And then you put the cover on it, interchangeable covers depending on the season or style. Well, I've been defining it completely wrong this entire time. I was thinking that the cover was the duvet. You thought you knew what a duvet was, but oh, you didn't. <laughs> hashtag no PhD. No PhD Oh, there. God. I'm such a dude. I'm a lettered in this situation. I'm glad I did an IQ point on that thing. I know. Thank you. And now I know. And now I'll impress my wife. Yeah. You know, not, a yeah. duvet is not just the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and she'll look at me deadpan like, you already knew that, idiot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I told you that. Were you not listening to me again? I'm sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, boobs? What? <laughs> well, let me tell you how I feel. <laughs> and then the second kid comes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. Um, he's talking to Rajan Howard that he's been trying to have the conversation and he can't say anything because every time he brings it up, she cries and then they have sex. And then Raj responds <laughs> to this. You're lucky with me. It's usually the, the other way around. 
<laughs> so that means he cries and then gets sex? That's what I was kind of wondering. <laughs> what did he mean exactly? Like, they cry and then no sex? Or he cries is and it, then... <laughs> is it pity sex? Like, he cries in front of a girl and, like... I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. That assumes he's speaking in front of them, though. So I don't know. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, Howard recommends texting her. And then Leonard says, that's cowardly. And I like that Howard disagrees that it's beyond contemptible. But then again, <laughs> he's wearing a bird sweater. <laughs> so then he texts her and he instantly regrets it because he knows he'll never have sex again. Or will he? <laughs> His phone buzzes, and he was wrong. And he takes off running. Yep. And that's why I think that this ended with, uh, ends here with, uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see her in the next episode, but as you've said, she was on for three episodes, so. Yeah, sorry I ruined that for, <laughs> for you, Couldn't but help. that's, yeah, because I know that she's not coming back, so that's why, like, I mentioned earlier that they did, the writers did her dirty, like. Yeah. They and just I, wrote her off. No real good reason. They just wanted to get rid of her. I knew she was just a part-time character, uh, so I, I knew that her time with us was limited. I just uh, didn't know if it was going to be three or four episodes, but nothing quite more than that. Yeah. So, Well, now we're at the ending scene, and Sheldon goes to Penny and uses his computer to speak, since he still thinks his larynx is in flames. Uh, he needs tea and Heine. I'm, whoops, I meant honey. Honey. I like Penny kind of looks over and laughs like, honey, huh? <laughs> oh, like, what do you need? Because <laughs> like, uh, in the Cooper Nowitzki theorem, she was st- straight up curious and asked like, what's his deal? Yeah. Like, yeah. is it guys? Is it girls? Is, <laughs> is it stuffed animals? Like, what is it? What's his deal? But that was the episode. And that's the end. We did it. We did it. We got through a shitty episode. There was six IQ points. Right? <laughs> All right, let me write that. Eight total IQ points. I mean, what's your tally at? It's it seemed like you're still trailing away from Sheldon. Uh you know, it did it did. It changed a little bit this episode. Let me get the clicking buttons in. 50 being not like Sheldon. 45 being like Sheldon. All right, trailing away. Yeah, but you know, I don't know if this episode was very fair because it wasn't Sheldon much and all he was doing was being a hypochondriac. So since I wasn't a hypochondriac, it didn't fit that much for us. Yeah, he didn't really do that much this episode. Maybe next time. <clears throat> I Maybe think it's next where time. he um, interacts with Penny that things get interesting and yeah. the points really start shifting. Yeah. Don't worry. We're only in season two. He's <laughs> not done. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening. Um, remember uh, to shoot us a message of how you want us to do our extra episodes. If we can get to it. Uh, we'd, lo- we'd love to hear your, your feedback. Remember to leave us a review on Apple, subscribe to us on YouTube, gingerly tap that like button, follow us on Instagram at Theoretical Nonsense Pod, 
Email us at theoreticalnonsensepod at gmail.com. Check out our show notes. I am going to be putting a link to our viewable spreadsheet with all the IQ points. Again, it's still going to be a bit of a work in progress, just because I'm still going back and adding all the timestamps. And we'll see you next time when we talk about Season 2, Episode 11, The Bath Item Gift Hypothesis. I'm guessing Stephanie's not going to be in it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>this was theoretical nonsense big bang theory watch alone podcast no phd required our intro and outro music is by al scroll and our logo is by john kim thanks for listening Pour myself another drink really quick. (laughs) (laughs) The power of editing.